to another episode of the Our Maryland Politics and Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Leatherberry. The Johns Hopkins Hospital is a teaching hospital and research facility of the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, located in Baltimore, Maryland. It was founded in 1889 and has received numerous achievements and honors nationwide. Johns Hopkins is widely regarded as one of the world's greatest hospitals and medical institutions. Nurses at Johns Hopkins are dedicated to ensuring that patients receive the care they deserve and need. However, according to many nurses employed at the hospital, the values and mission to improve the health of the community and set a standard for excellence in clinical care has eroded. One solution to improve conditions at Hopkins is a union for nurses. Union nurses have been around for decades and have worked to improve working conditions for nurses, as well as advocate for safe patient care. They have also lobbied for political action involving health care. Today, we speak with a registered nurse at Johns Hopkins to talk about the issues facing nurses and how they're working together to solve problems and improve patient care. Joining us today on the Politics and Policy Podcast is Josh Pickett. He's a registered nurse at Johns Hopkins. Welcome, Josh. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Josh, could you just tell me a little bit about um, where you work, mm-hmm. what you do exactly, mm-hmm. and kind of walk me through a typical day as an RN? Right, so I work um, at Johns Hopkins Hospital on an inpatient psychiatric unit, Meyer 3, and then also in the uh, psych ED. And it really depends what a typical day is, depending on like the role that you have that day as charge nurse or just a regular floor nurse or a rounding nurse. But typically, I think what applies to nurses across the hospital is that they work a 12 and a half hour shift. And during that time, they do things anywhere from taking vital signs, looking up lab results, um, addressing critical issues, whether that be aggressive events or codes where a patient isn't doing so well anywhere to um, informing the doctor of critical changes. And during this time, kind of a typical thing that happens at Johns Hopkins is a lot of nurses either skip their lunch breaks or their breaks um, because of the issue with break relief and the absence of that at Johns Hopkins. So if we were to go on a break, we would have to give our whole patient load to another nurse. So on an IC unit, that means that a nurse will have to, for an hour, take care of four patients instead of two. On a psych unit, that can be taking care of 12 patients instead of your regular six. Um, So oftentimes, nurses during that hour double their patients, and then also um, the patient's care is sacrificed because of that issue. So just to clarify, this isn't typical practice at other hospitals, um, not having the break relief? No, at a, at a lot of hospitals that have already unionized, um, they have implemented something called break relief nurses, where um, a floating nurse will come by and take patients from a nurse, so other nurses will not have to double up on the patients um, during that time. I know you're working with an organization called National Nurses United. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about how Hopkins is involved and a little bit more about the organization as well? Right. So uh, about a year, year and a half ago, um, some nurses at Johns Hopkins got together and were talking about um, patient safety issues, working conditions, pay, benefits, 
um, and saw kind of a decrease over the years of these things and discussed kind of ways of addressing these issues. What was brought up was that for too long, nurses have been bringing these issues up to management, to leadership, and have seen um, just kind of a disregard for voicing or vocalizing these issues. And so we thought it prudent to reach out and research different unions across the United States and fell in love with National Nurses United. Um, And some of the big reasons why we decided to um, contact National Nurses United is it's a completely nurse-ran and operated union. So from the very top to the very bottom, it's nurse-ran and operated. So the board of directors, the council presidents are all... Um, continuing bedside nurses and every decision that's made within the local unions at a specific hospital and the overall governing structure is um, voted on and elected by nurses. Um, Whether that be dues, whether that be like um, what our money is used for and where it's directed, it's made, the decisions are made by part of the union. And so we reached out to National Nurses United, and they also researched to see if there was a viable campaign at Hopkins and decided on creating a relationship between nurses at Johns Hopkins and um, the overall organization of National Nurses United. Ever since then, we've been cooperating to, uh, to organize a union at Hopkins. You said that some of the concerns of nurses, the reception to that had been decreasing. Uh, Johns Hopkins' mission is to, quote, improve the health of our community and the world by setting the standard of excellence in patient care. How do nurses fit into and support this mission? Um, What kind of feedback do you all usually like to give? So yeah, um, their mission statement um, does say that, and that's one of the key reasons why we decided to organize was to actually um, make the reputation that Hopkins gives off to the community and nation and world and match that with what actually is a reality that patients and nurses face from day to day. And... We, as nurses, kind of fit into that model by um, kind of pushing Hopkins to live up to their mission statement um, by moving the reality closer to the reputation. So I think nurse, nursing as a profession is to advocate for patients and unionizing or um, kind of upholding that standard that Hopkins has put of um, creating um uh, model of excellence is to push forward with enhancing patient safety issues, um, enhancing working conditions, and enhancing um, the overall profession of nurse- nursing um, by organizing and collectively um, coming together to advocate in a more effective way for patients. Um, and we the nurses who are organizing to form a union at Hopkins think that by um, creating a union, creating a contract, we can actually hold Hopkins accountable um, and improve uh, the situation that patients and nurses face on a day-to-day basis. So what sort of obstacles have you all faced in terms of organizing at Hopkins? 
Yeah, so there's been several obstacles. Um, and kind of the chief one is that upper management and administration have continued to not allow nurses to talk with each other. And that can be nurses talking about unionization among their coworkers on a unit or um, nurses from another unit going to talk with their coworkers um, elsewhere at the hospital. Um, and Hopkins has hired a bunch of anti-union busting firms, which one of them being Littler Mendelssohn, which has been paid like $500 to $700 per hour per person. And these busting firms inform upper management of ways to um, misinform and mislead nurses on what their rights actually are. And unit managers and leadership on units have been forced to go to classes to learn of ways to not allow nurses to talk about unionization, which is a clear violation of the National Labor Relations Act because nurses are allowed to talk about unionizing and are allowed to unionize with, unionize without a clear interference from management. And in addition to this, um, upper administration has complete control over all messaging across the hospital. So they send out emails um, about how unionization is is a bad practice, about how it's actually going to um, decrease pay, decrease benefits, decrease patient safety. They hold town halls where misinformation is supplied to nurses, and they've also held these ACT classes where nurses are mandated during their shift to go to classes to hear misinformation from union busters that are paid hundreds of dollars per hour to put on these um, classes. So those are just some of the ways that um, interference has taken place at Hopkins. It obviously seems like the concerns of nurses, the safety of patients, hasn't really been prioritized by the hospital. Uh, can you just give me the real, you know, tell me how these safety issues manifest and how they're usually addressed in the hospital? Yeah, so the way in which these safety issues develop is by prioritizing profit over patients or nurses. And that means decreasing staffing, um, decreasing benefits for nurses, deciding to make um, purchases of supplies based off of the price of the supplies rather than the integrity of the supplies, um, which has created shoddy supplies, um, supplies that break, that don't work, um, that malfunction, um, which then creates patient safety issues. There's also the issue with retention. So nurses come to Hopkins and they are kind of intrigued by the reputation that they've heard of this renowned hospital. And they get there and they see these um, issues with the hours that they have to work, the decrease in pay compared to other hospitals, the um, poor benefits, and all of these issues that crop up. And within one or two years, they leave. Um, and that creates a retention problem and thus a patient safety issue at Hopkins because you don't have that institutional or historical knowledge develop. Um, 
and you don't have experienced nurses on the floors able to guide care um, for units. So I know that there's some units where on a shift, the charge nurse and most experienced nurse can be a nurse with one year of experience guiding other nurses, which thus creates a lot of patient safety issues from day to day. And I think what really demonstrates this is the recent incident in Florida where Hopkins took over all children's and um, they wanted to take over this hospital um, to kind of create a renowned um, place for pediatric cardiology patients and actually increased the amount of deaths um, that patients were facing. I think back in 2017, one in 10 patients in the cardiology, pediatric cardiology department died. And this happened even with staff bringing this to leadership at the hospital and coming out and just being ignored um, time and time again And these same practices can be seen on a daily basis at um, the main campus here in Baltimore, prioritizing profit or the image um, of Hopkins over the actual reality that nurses and other staff face on a day-to-day basis. You mentioned, of course, that there are issues with retention, and as a result, there's a a staffing issue. Short staffing and turnover seem to be major issues when it comes to safety of patients. Why do you think there aren't enough nurses to support a healthy and safe work environment? Mm -hmm. I mean, the answer to that is kind of simple. Hopkins continues to refuse to uh, invest in adequate nursing staff. Um, And this has been an issue ongoing for decades. since Hopkins is a nonprofit, we're able to kind of see with its releases uh, to the government that from 2010 to 2014, um, upper executive pay increased um, anywhere from 46 to 110 percent. All the while, they are cutting ratios, um, nurse to patient ratios. They have decreased um, benefits. Um, There's the issue with break relief where um, you either choose not to take a break to help your fellow staff not feel stressed during that hour, or you go on a break and then have to make somebody else on the unit double double up their patient load. Um, Our benefits were recently um, decreased. We have to work 240 hours Um, in a six-week period, which is the equivalent of 40 hours per week. Um, Or it can mean like 60 hours in one week and then like 30 hours in next week, which essentially means that at all other hospitals, you work 36 hours per week and are paid more um, than a nurse at Hopkins who works 40 hours per week. And you also have the issue of this really weird scheduling practice to where um, you don't have permanent shifts as a new hire um, most of the time. And that means you can work um, a Tuesday night and then have to work the next Thursday morning and then later in the week, maybe like Saturday or Sunday, go back to nights, Um, which creates a risk both to the health of the nurse and to the patients. If a nurse is cycling through their schedule like that, they're going to have the equivalent of jet lag and are prone to making mistakes if that 
is the case. So when a nurse comes to Hopkins and they experience all of these issues, they learn that what they thought their experience was going to be doesn't match up to the reality of what they're experiencing. So they're more likely to just go somewhere else where they are paid higher, have better benefits, have better scheduling, and have permanent shifts and feel safer um, caring for patients. So the, the Baltimore City the Baltimore City Council made a resolution calling for Hopkins nurses to be able to unionize. What interest does Baltimore have in a nurses union? And tell me more about the charity care system. Yeah, so nurses take care of Baltimore City's fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, sons and daughters, and that impacts anybody we know or that you might know um, who comes into the hospital. So we have a direct impact on Baltimore City residents by caring for them when they are sick. And I think this simple way is impacts Baltimore. If nurses are safer and have better working conditions, patients are safer and have better outcomes. Um, but Hopkins is one of the major employers of Baltimore, if not throughout Maryland. And by nurses being able to unionize and have more of a control, a democratic control over the way profits utilized at Hopkins, it's a way that we can improve pay for all staff at, at the hospital, improve all working conditions for um, staff at the hospital and patients at the hospital. And I think Baltimore City officials understand this and understand the history that with unionization, um, we have created safer working conditions um, of all work. We have decreased the um, amount of time that you have to work at a facility down to 40 hours. Um, because of unions, we have um, outlawed child labor. We have improved um, pay for women and for all minorities as well. And that's all come about through the efforts of people that came before us who chose to come together and unionize and collectively advocate for themselves and for others. As a hospital, Johns Hopkins is a nonprofit, which means it has so many tax exemptions. It doesn't pay property tax. It doesn't really pay any type of taxes since it's a nonprofit, and in addition to that, um, any charitable donations are not taxed as well, which Johns Hopkins receives a plethora of uh, donations. So with that, the state also provides money to the hospital, and the expectation is that Hopkins or any hospital provides money to people who aren't able to pay for their um, hospital bill. And what we've seen is year after year, Hopkins is either last 53 or 52 out of 52 or 53 out of 53 hospitals in Maryland for providing charity care. Um, and the number one hospital last year was our fellow hospital right down the road, which was University of Maryland. Um, so within the same city, one hospital is providing the least amount of charity care to one of the poorest communities in all of Baltimore, if not all of the United States, and another hospital is providing the most charity care. Um, and it becomes even more egregious when we learn that 
people who aren't able to pay for their hospital bills instead of receiving charity care are actually being sued by Hopkins um, for not paying that hospital bill. And these people who aren't paying the hospital bill are exactly the people who are supposed to be receiving the charity care that Hopkins has millions of dollars to provide to patients who aren't able to afford their hospital bill. So obviously a union is a first step in repairing a lot of these issues. Um, what can other nurses do? What can the public do to help with this effort? What other nurses can do is just be open to listening to their fellow coworkers. I think right now, um, because of union busters and because of management's tactics, um, nurses have been put into this position of fear of like, at the very least, listening to um, what their fellow coworkers have to say, um, and basically, it's just to I think if people really listen to both sides of the argument and really research what is going on. Anybody who listens to kind of our side will be able to see that our fundamental issue is to make sure that patients are safer, and with that, um, our coworkers and ourselves are treated better with having better hours, better pay, better benefits, and that in that way, we are able to not only improve the working conditions for ourselves, but to set a precedent on the East Coast and in Maryland for nurses to have just a better way of experiencing what they initially went into nursing for, which was to take care of people. Um, and we, as nurses, can't do that effectively if we're not able to have really a say of how we work or when we work or what we do. Um, if we're not able to unionize and come together and collectively advocate both for ourselves and for our patients. Um, and I think with the community is just basically supporting um, nurses who everybody will see eventually in their life. Um, and that can mean um, going on Facebook and looking at our um, Facebook page, which is Hawkins Nurses United. And we also have a website um, that both the community and nurses can check out, which is um, Johns, Ho Johns Hopkins RN Speak Out. Um, so I think just contacting us or reaching out and um, setting up meetings with a nurse or an organizer to really see what they can do is um, one of the first steps of of providing assistance or getting involved in the organizing campaign that we're doing right now. Thank you so much, Josh, for joining me today to talk about getting a union at Hopkins. Mm -hmm. If you could just uh, repeat the name of the website and let us know if there's anything else mm -hmm. um, that, the community, that the community can do to support you guys. Of course. Um, so you can check us out on Facebook at Hopkins Nurses United, and then our website is hopkinsnurses.org. Um, we also have a petition um, that anybody in the community, any nurse, any staff can sign, basically telling the hospital to stop um, its interference with nurses and stop breaking federal law and let nurses um, 
organize without the fear of retaliation or without interference from upper management. I think those are kind of the, the main things of how people can get involved right now or um, people can check us out. Great. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. That was Josh Pickett, a registered nurse at Johns Hopkins. We'll end this episode with a personal story from Josh about why he chose to become a nurse. Thank you for tuning in to another year of progressive stories and news. See you next time. Why, why did you become a nurse, by the way? Just curious. <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, a big reason I became a nurse was um, I was in the Peace Corps. And I went through kind of some issues while I was in the Peace Corps. I had like moments of depression, moments of just like culture shock. And the people who really helped me out of that and helped me understand like where I was and like um, how I could overcome these feelings or what I was going through were the Peace Corps nurses. And so coming back from the Peace Corps, I actually... Um, decided to pursue nursing um, because, I mean, they inspired me to pursue that as a vocation.